Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. Bibles with you this morning. Let's um, turn to the book of the Matthew, chapter 6, and I'm going to read from verse um, 5 through to 13. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and my um, version, um, the title of it is The Model Prayer. So, And it's in red, so it's Jesus speaking. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of. Therefore, you ask him before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many people that are not in church know the Lord's Prayer, what's called the Lord's Prayer? It's a prayer that's prayed at most funerals. It's a prayer that most people know, mostly off by heart. If you're my vintage, you would have heard it at school. You would have learnt it at school before they shut down prayer in school before they shut down religious instruction, but um, I was not brought up in a religious background. I was not brought up in a church family, but I knew the Lord's Prayer. And it wasn't until I became a believer in Jesus that I understood that the Lord's Prayer is not just the prayer that we pray just because we pray it, although if we do just pray that for what it is, it's, it's more than enough. But it's a model that we can build on, that we can expand on, that we can bring into every circumstance in our lives and use use it um, and apply it to the things that are of concern to us, the things that we want to do with our lives. And so it's such a, a powerful, powerful model. So if you're okay with this, I'd like to really unpack the Lord's Prayer today and um, just bring you some revelation that God's brought me through it. Is that okay? Beautiful. We see um, also in this chapter that Jesus is warning the disciples against two corrupt practices that had crept into the church at the time. One of them was hypocrisy um, and the other is worldliness. And he cautions against hypocrisy and he talks about the giving of alms and, and in prayer um, he talks about the need for it to be just between you and your Father God. Um, So we're talking about the pattern, the way to pray, the method to pray. Bring it into the context of whatever is happening in your world, how God wants to apply it in your life as well. 
And I was looking, um, looking at some quotes on prayer as well. And there was a well-known theologian whose name was George Herbert. And he once said, prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. So you open your day with prayer, you open the key in the morning with prayer and you close your day with that lock, lock that prayer in at the end of the day. And Joyce Meyer once said that prayer doesn't change things necessarily the way we want it to, but it does change us. Because what it is, it's a two-way communication between us and God. It's a two-way communication where we talk to God and then we listen And he will talk to us. So often we can have a shopping list prayer life. Lord, I need this, this, this and this today. And do this, this and this. And then off we go about our day and we forget that we've even done it. And yet when we take that time at the beginning of every day, as we come around his word, you know, the Israelites in the the desert sought the word, the manna, every day. And it's like us. We need to be looking at the word every morning, diving into the word and then praying for the the things that we need in the day, for the things that concern us. Um, Prayer also is, and I'm I'm not going to be able to touch on aspects of intercession or fasting today because the deeper I went into this study on prayer the more I discovered I didn't know and so I want to just share with you some of the things that I think I know that God has revealed to me through this you know there's a saying in the world a problem shared is a problem halved well when we talk to God we're not just halving our problem We're unburdening ourselves to God of the things that are weighing us down, the things that we're carrying that he doesn't want us to carry. His word says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so whatever that we're carrying for God with him and in his strength, we are strong enough to carry. If we're carrying things that he doesn't want us to carry, we can crumble. We can buckle at the knees. We can fall down. We can become tired and weary and unable to function because the things that we take on board, we need to be doing the things that he wants us to do. We need to be carrying the things that only he wants us to carry. So I've titled this message Six P's of Prayer today and um, I've used this over the years as as a way of really honing in on the things that God wants me to concentrate on the day. The first one is our Father in heaven and the first P is paternity. He's our Father. He is our Father. We call him Abba Father. He is not a natural father like our human fathers, some of whom have been awesome, some of whom have maybe let us down. But a holy Father, a holy God. He's a Father, our Father by virtue of creation. Because he is the creator of all. And because he's the creator of all, all things exist by his word at his hand. God is the father of all. Whether we acknowledge him as father or not, he is still our father because he's created us. Everything that exists does so because of God's creation and his providence. He provides everything. He is the source all life. He is the sustainer of all life. And our sheer dependence on God for our physical life, we share in common with all other believers. 
our dependence on him is something that I believe we need to grow daily. That if we are 100% dependent on him, we need nothing else. But I don't know about you, but I find that I tend to do things my way at times. And Lord, I'll just do this for you. Lord, I'll just uh, fill in the blanks for your, your area of need. And we think we're 95% dependent on him, but he wants us to be 100% dependent on him. He wants us to be talking to him about everything that is of concern in our lives. He wants us to be leaning into him, inclining to him. He wants us to know that he is there for us always. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is God the Father by virtue of salvation. And through faith and relationship and union with the Lord Jesus Christ, his, his only son that he gave for us, we can believe in God as our father in an incredibly unique and special way. In John 1, 12 to 13, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We are born again by the Spirit of God. Galatians 4, 4 to 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. So an heir is one who um, inherits the promises of the father when they go. Slide four, if you would please. Romans eight fourteen to 16. Those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of the son of sonship. And by him we cry... Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Many times when we've been in Israel, we've been out in the street and we sat. Pastor Vic and I used to like just to sit in the street. Not on the street, but, you know, we'd find a bench and, and we would sit and we would watch life. We would watch um, the life going by us, the, uh, the Jewish people, the Arab people, the many cultures that live together in the Holy Land as well. And the thing that struck us so incredibly was that in Jewish culture, families are the, the paramount importance in every life. And you'd see the little children in the street and they're talking in Hebrew and they would, they would call out, Abba, Abba, they're calling out to their dad. And, you know, it used to really strike a chord with us. Wow, just like they're calling out to their natural father, one day they're going to be calling out to Abba Father through Jesus Christ, his son. And we know God as our father, as our Abba Father, because he sent his son for us. He sent his son because he loves every single person in this world. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter how far away you've been from him. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you all so totally and completely. John, 1 John 3, 1 to 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. So as children of God, we can call him our Abba Father. 
Let's look at hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? It means holiness. Hallow means to make holy, to treat with honour, to treat in a distinct and separate and unique, one-of-a-kind way. The P for this one, holy, is purity. So we have paternity, we have purity, the purity of God. He cannot look upon sin. He's not a man that he should lie. He is awesome and holy. And interestingly enough, the first consideration in the prayer when we say, hallowed be your name, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's not us or other people, but we're looking to God himself. We're looking to God because we're acknowledging his Father, that he's holy. He's not human. He is above our circumstances and yet so intimately concerned with every single one of our circumstances. Jesus listed the first request in this prayer, the first concern as hallowed be your name. We need to make God a holy God. We need to revere him. We need to be in awe of him and yet not be afraid of him. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, it says in, in, in Proverbs, but it's not a fear where we're shaking and quaking of him. It's, a, it's an awe and reverence of this magnificent God who's created you and loves you so completely to the point where he sent his son to die for you, for every single person. And so Jesus is saying, look at God, look at him as your father, look at him as so pure and holy and wondrous. The creator of the universe. We're not just talking to anyone but the one who spoke the word and the universe was created. We're not just talking to someone who's seated on a throne that doesn't care about us but is so intimately, intimately involved in every aspect of our lives when we come to him with reverence of all, of all that he is, we can truly enter deeply into that relationship with him that he wants us to come into. When we pray, hallowed be your name, we're praying, God, I want to give you the honour and the respect and the adoration and my love because you're worthy. You're worthy. We're requesting and committing ourselves to the glory of his name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We've been singing that this morning. We've been singing that a lot this morning. On earth as it is in heaven, what are the P's there? The priority, the priority or the purpose. And we're looking at his plan for us, his will for us, his purpose for us. And when we think about that, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. When we pray that, we can pray, God, we want your will in our lives. I want your will in my life. I want your will in my partner's life, my children, my grandchildren, my work colleagues. I want your will in every aspect of life that is meaningful. I want your will in every aspect of, your li of my life that you want to work within. And that is just, it's just awe-inspiring. When you think God wants to be involved in every single aspect of your life for his purpose, for our community... You see, prayer will set the captive free. Peter was freed from prison. In Acts 12.5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to him by the church. For we need to pray for breakthrough in our communities. In the times that we're living in, we need to make praying for our community, our world, our governments, our local, our state, our national governments a priority in our lives. 
We had prayer meeting yesterday and we were praying for the local government, for the state government, for the national government. And it's the prayer that is offered by the church that will set the captive free. It's prayer that, will, that we offer according to the word of God that will bring change in our world. It's prayer that we offer for all of the things that are of concern for us, those things that are politically incorrect, that we pray as long as we're praying according to the word of God, God will have his way through it. We stand on the word of God. There are things before parliament and there are laws that are being brought into play at this time. And I'm going to get a little bit political here. I'm not going to be naming specific things. But the essence of of, of what we need as a church to do is to pray, your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for our politicians. We pray for our Lord makers. We pray for the Attorney General. We pray for those that are petitioning things that are against the will of God. We pray that we will stand together in unity and in one accord. We pray that God will raise a voice up from within a Christian community and from without the Christian community to stand for what is right and what is good and what is proper according to the word of God. We will not be silent. We need to understand that if we really really believed in the power of prayer and if we really believed that God hears our prayer and he acts according to his his will and his word then we would never stop praying we would call over crawl over cut cut glass to to reach the feet of Jesus and bring our prayer and petition to him because we know that the God that we believe in the God that we pray to is a God who wants to do good a God who wants to bring breakthrough a God who wants to set the captives free, a God who wants to to speak into our situations and make this this land, the great south land of the Holy Spirit, if we really truly believed in it, we would not just be chatting about things, we would not just be talking, We we would not be passive, we would be impassive and we would be petitioning God, God, this is grieving my heart. You look through the news feed on your, on your computer and you see things that grieve you. Lord, I pray about that. Lord, I lift that to you. Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And we won't have it unless we continue to pray, until we continue to lift, lift God's word, praying his word for that, that priority and the purpose that he wants to work through every circumstance. And we're not going to see every prayer we pray answered according to what we want because that's just the nature of God in, in his yes in his no and in his maybe, but God's timing is perfect in everything that we bring to him. Breakthrough in our countries, breakthrough in our community, in our local needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We're talking about provision, spiritual provision, emotional provision, physical, health, strength, Healing in relationships. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Ask God for all that you need. Trust him with all of you need. It says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. 
And it also says, the word says in Matthew, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will look after itself, but each day is enough of its own. Today we do today. And this is something that I always live with. I wake up and I say, well, Lord, I'm awake, I'm alive. That means you've given me another day, another day to serve you, another day to walk in the things that you have, another day, Heavenly Father, where I'm going to make your kingdom my priority in my life. And I've learned that and I'm learning it by degrees, day by day. I haven't arrived yet. I'm way, way far away from where I know God wants me to be. But for all of us, it's a process. All of us, it's a day by day committing ourselves to God and saying, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. I want to make you a priority. I want your kingdom to come in my life. I want you and all that you are to touch through me, to flow through me, to love through me, to love each other, to love the not yet believers, to love the world that we live in because Jesus died for the world that we live in. Trusting him for his provision in everything. Do you know when we went to Bible college, Pastor Vic and I, we we were on a Centrelink benefit as an OS study, so we could study. We had three little girls. We still do. They're big now. But um, we used to pray every day, God, give us this day our daily bread. We need your health. We need your strength. We need your provision. We need food for our table. We need to pay our electricity bill. We need to pay our rent. And we committed to God every day. And we had supernatural gifts of finance and provision Some days we'd come back from college and there would be a bag of bread on our front veranda. Other days we'd come back and God had provided us with clothes for our girls, bags of clothes. I remember one day coming home from church on a Sunday. Lord God, because we're on Centrelink and um, three kids and three hungry growing kids. So we used to eat a lot of sausages, a lot of mince and a lot of tuna. And this one Sunday coming home from church... We're sitting in the car driving, God, it would be so nice to eat a steak. Lord, you know. And we got home and the people that um, owned our property were there with a barbecue in the front yard. And they were a Lebanese community of Christians. And they said, we've got brochettes, which is steak on skewers. Come join us. And we said, oh, no, it's okay. Thank you. Oh, please, please come join us. We said, right, yes, we're coming. (laughs) Just a simple thing like that and yet God hears the cry of our hearts and he provides for us when we need. And it must have been a need because maybe our iron levels were getting low, I don't know. But um, yeah, whatever you need, whatever you need, ask for in prayer and God will give us what we need. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What's the P for that? Pardon. Pardon. We must forgive others. And sometimes there's a deep desire within us that God has placed within us. We need to forgive ourselves sometimes for the things that we've done too. Sometimes we've done things that we're not proud of. We're not happy with how we've been. Lord, you forgive me. I've asked your forgiveness. I forgive myself as well. See, forgiveness, it's the greatest key to release in the kingdom of God. It releases us. And it releases others. And when we ask forgiveness of God, 
when we ask that forgiveness. Lord Jesus, forgive me for what I've done. I want to be yours. That brings us into the greatest release we'll ever know in the whole world, that of salvation. And when we know Jesus, when we know God as Father, that paternity extends to salvation for us all as well. Mark eleven twenty five, forgiveness and prayer, it says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespass. And then 6.14 of Matthew says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness. We need to keep a short account of offence. We need to keep the love flowing. We need to release forgiveness and not hold things against anyone. If you've got an issue, go to your brother, go to your sister, speak to them, talk to them. Don't let it become a barrier. Don't let it become a root of bitterness that can build up in your heart because ultimately what it does is it keeps you away from God entering into his fullness as well. And this one, do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil, protection. Mark 14, 38, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. You see, we need to pray in so many ways. We pray alone, we pray together, we pray corporately, we pray silently, we pray out loud. We need to pray with vigilance. First Peter 4, 7, but in the end, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be vigilant, be watchful, be as Ezekiel, a watchman on the wall. And when we come into prayer with God, we're asking him for protection. When there's a situation in our lives, God gives us the wisdom that we need to walk in that wisdom. Know when to walk, when to stop, when to run, when to sit, when to withdraw. We need to be vigilant because the enemy is roaring around like a lion. But you know what? He has no teeth when we are in the will of God. He can't hurt us. He can't touch us when we're in the will of God. But we need to be watchful and we need to pray. And when we are in prayer, when we come to Father saying, lead us not into temptation. Don't let me be tempted and don't let me be a temptation. Don't let me be a stumbling block to anybody else. Don't let me be tempted by the things that would crawl, call out to my flesh, that would call me away from entering into God's presence, that would cause me to not come into that reverent, awesome place in God every day. Let me not be distracted by the things that the enemy is dangling in front of me like the carrots. Let me not... But Lord God, let me see. Give me the eyes to see the things that I need to see. Help me to be vigilant. Help me to be as a watchman on the wall to see the things that are coming. Help me to understand the days that we're living in, the times that we're living in. Help me to understand that there is a rise of ungodliness. But there's also a huge rise of desperation and hopelessness in our world. And we need to be the answer to that. We need to be the ones that come alongside those who are struggling in the church and especially outside of the church to build bridges, to form relationships with people, to, to be 
an answer to their unprayed prayer, which is the cry of their heart. Lord, God, we need to be the answer in this community. We need to be the hope that Jesus wants to speak through each one of us. We need to be the love that God wants to reach out through us with. We need to be his hands. We need to be his feet. We need to have his ears to hear. We need eyes to see. And in the vigilance when we come into that prayer closet and we start praying for people, we need to know the times we're living in and what we can do and what we can't do and what's to be done later. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be fearful. Touched on this last week when we talked about stepping out of the boat. Don't be overcome with fear. But as you're moving towards the goal of coming closer and closer and closer to Jesus and walking in that obedience to Jesus, as we do that, he gives us a peace, that peace that passes all understanding. God is in his heaven, he's in our hearts, and all is well. Isn't that amazing? So despite what's happening around us, we can know God's perfect peace we pray about our situation, our world situation. What about the potential for shutting down of religious freedoms in this nation, not in other nations, which already is happening, but what about our freedom? What about our religious freedom? We have been largely unpersecuted as a church in Australia, but we need to be vigilant and continue to pray and contend in faith and wrestle with those powers that would lock us up, silence us, shut us down. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God has given us his spirit. He's given us liberty. But we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Amen. Nearly done. You see, we're not impotent. The same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells bodily within us. That's resurrection life. That's the spirit of the living God so that wherever we are, he is with us. Wherever we go, we have his word that we've hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against him but also that we can speak into situations and bring life out of death situations, bring hope out of hopelessness, bring encouragement where there's been discouragement. Bring healing where there's been hurt, where there's been pain, where there's been suffering. And all of us have experienced that to one degree or another, every single one of us. But it begins with a relationship with Jesus. It begins with us saying, Lord Jesus, I need you now. I know that you died for me. I know that you shed your blood for me. And that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And it starts with that. You see, our greatest weapon is the word of God and prayer. And if we truly believe that, our lives would change because it changes from the inside out. And God gives us the protection that we need. Amen. And I could give you lots of examples of that. But I'm going to finish on this note. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. That's praise. We finish with praise. We have the high praises of God in our mouth, a two-edged sword in our mouth. We have high, high praises of God in our heart, two-edged sword in our mouth, the word of God, that we will praise him. If we can only ever pray one prayer, one of the greatest prayers we could pray is thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you, you died for me. Thank you that you took my sin on yourself. Thank you that you died for the whole world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So to have a grateful heart and a thankful heart, when we come into prayer with God, we praise him. When we finish prayer with God, we praise him. We thank him just for the breath of life of today. We praise him for every good thing in our lives. We can praise him for every challenge that's in our lives because we know that as we commit it to him, he's going to work in it and he's going to work through it. And we can praise him through the hard times, through the tough times, we can praise him. If he never did another thing for us ever, we could still not thank him enough because of the enormous price that he paid for us. Thankful and grateful. How great is the love of the Father for us that he would call us his children. Amazing. And how do we pray? We pray alone. Jesus set the example. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He prayed alone, Luke 9, 18. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and asked, and he asked them, saying, who do the crowds say that I am? He prayed all night in Luke 6, 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued in night, all night, in prayer to God. He prayed with others. Luke 9, 28. Now it came to pass... About eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. He prayed for the harvest. This is Jesus, God, praying for the harvest. If Jesus is setting us this example, how much more should we be doing this? Luke 10, 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. He prayed persistently. Luke 18.1 He said he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. We can have supernatural visions in prayer. There are visions and there are trances. God often will show me a picture when I'm praying. Often when I'll lay hands on someone to pray them. When I do it COVID safe of course. Um, God will give me a picture. I'll see a picture in my mind and he's showing me. He gives us visions. He gives us dreams. It also says um, when Peter was in the city of Joppa praying in a trance, he was in a trance and he saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners and it came to me. In Acts twenty two seventeen. now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. God can translate you through time when you speed, spend that time with him in prayer. He can speak to you. He can show you visions. He can take you into a place of absolute 
incredible peace and direct you. We pray with thankfulness as we've already touched on. Do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, Ephesians 1.16. And this one I love, First Thessalonians. I love it all. 5.16 to 18. Re- rejoice always. Who's rejoicing today? <laughs> pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I remember when our kids were little, we had scripture in song. And this is one of the songs that we learned. Um, yeah, it impacted us. Pray with peace and no anxiety. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all, all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Pray for others to have wisdom and to know his will. Colossians 1.9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Pray for God opportunities for the harvest. Colossians 4.3, meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. You see, when they were in prison, they were not bound by bars. And when we have physical restrictions around us, we're not bound by those physical restrictions, whether it's, you know what it is. When we come to God in prayer, we are beyond physical restrictions. We are beyond the limitations in the natural. We see the supernatural power of God. You may not be able to go onto a mission field, but you can pray. You're not limited with what you can do because you have the greatest gift, and that's prayer. We can pray for healing. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And John 5, James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. So there's our six Ps. There are so many more. Another day I'll look at intercession and fasting, but today I just really want I want you to know that when you leave this place today and you go out into the world and stuff starts happening, remember the Our Father the paternity, remember his holy, the purity, remember his will be done, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, the priority and purpose for each one of us. Remember, give us this day our daily bread, his provision for us in everything we need and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. The pardon, forgiveness, pardon. And protection 
as he does not lead us into temptation, but delivers us from the evil one. For his is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you have given us one of the greatest gifts that we could ever conceive. And Lord, forgive us where we haven't utilised what you've given us, where we haven't truly seen the power of prayer and that it's relationship with you that you want us to come into in a deeper level day by day, that that relationship with you is the most important thing for us. But Lord, you've also placed us in a world where there is much need in our lives and the lives of those around us. And we thank you today for those keys through the model prayer that Jesus prayed. We thank you that everything we need can be found in you. Lord God, we thank you for pardon. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your holiness, your purity. We thank you, Lord God, for your priority and your purpose in our lives. We thank you, Father God, that in everything we do, you are more, more, more important day by day. That as we seek your face, that it's not because of what you want to do or what we want to do, but it's that relationship that you want us to come into in such a powerful way. I thank you, Father God, that if there's any in this place today or online that don't yet know you as Father, they haven't received you as Father, that they would reach out now and you would touch them by the power of your Spirit, that you would minister to each one as we say now, Father, forgive us. Father, take my life. Father, let my life be moulded and melded into your purpose and plan. I surrender to you. I ask that you be my God, that you be my King, and that from this day forward, I would walk with you. I ask that I would be born again by the power of your Spirit. I ask that you forgive me everything that I've done that's wrong. And I ask for your supernatural power to walk out every day of my life in you by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father God, for everyone that's in this place today and online. Father, for all of the need that they have. Father, as they seek your face, as they do so alone, as they join with someone to agree in prayer with them, as they bring those petitions to you, Father, the peace that passes all understanding will guard their heart and mind as you go about doing what only you can do in their lives. We pray for breakthrough. And we pray for our community here at Murray Bridge, Lord God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We commit this time into your hands. And we thank you and we praise you for each one of us to receive a new revelation, a fresh revelation of what you want to do in us through prayer and through us as a result of that. We pray this in the matchless and the mighty name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 